Welcome to the My Bonus Money podcast. I just recorded this whole episode and realized I selected the wrong microphone, so none of it recorded. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh man, what a rookie mistake. Well, that's okay. The second time is going to be even better. So this month, I made an 8.91% return, and I felt more comfortable in my decisions. Now, I still had to get myself out of a bad situation that impacted my return as well, but I learned something and that is beneficial. What I was trying to do was sell puts and I ended up having to buy those puts um, because the price of the stock went down so much that I was gonna be buying it at a few dollars above where it was at. And I think I mentioned this last, episode, but when you're doing the wheel strategy, you are intentionally buying high and selling low. And what you should be doing is buying low and selling high. But the only way for you to buy when you're doing a cash secured put is for the price to be higher than what it is currently. And so there is some inherent risk with that. And I got stuck in that trap this month and my return would have been higher had that not happened. But this is a learning opportunity and it's really enjoyable. I'm loving it. So uh, still made a good return, even though the whole stock market was down. And I feel pretty positive about that. Now, if you like what I'm talking about here and you want to see more details so you know exactly what that 8.9% came from, Go to mybonusmoney.com. I do full breakdowns of everything that I bought so you can see what I'm buying and selling, what my transaction prices are, and all of that. So I share all that with you freely um, because I want you to be able to be successful. And if you see someone else doing it, some dumb guy like me, then you can say, you know what? If Jethro can do that, I can do this too, and I could probably do better. And I would love for you to do better. That would be awesome. And then tell me what you're doing and let's share it with other people. So mybonusmoney.com, go check that out, get the full details, and I look forward to seeing you there. So today we are going to talk about the My Bonus Money Pyramid. And if you look at your phone as you're listening to this, uh, the album art should be the My Bonus Money Pyramid. And uh, around the outside of the pyramid are the things that we can invest in real estate, stocks and commodities, and business ownership. And within the pyramid are the four stages, base, grow, scale, and leverage. And we're gonna talk about each one of those four areas. We're gonna talk first about the base. This is the uh, where you have an emergency fund and you're in good financial health. So for example, um, when I was in college, I was able to live on hardly any money and I had no emergency fund because I figured I could just go get a job or take out another student loan and I would have whatever I needed. Now that I'm married and have four kids, I have a six month emergency fund so that we can cover all of our expenses for six months if we need to. Uh, it's not ideal if that happens, but <laughs> we're prepared for it. And that money is just sitting in the bank, not making me any money because that's what I need is some security of having cash. I fully recognize that that emergency fund 
is actually losing money because of inflation. And I don't care because it's about having a good solid base that I feel comfortable with. Your feeling of comfort is going to be different than mine, depending on your situation. I was listening to a podcast by Alex Hormozzi just the other day, and he described how he was able to live on $1,500 a month, driving a junkie car, eating at Chipotle every single day, and sharing a room with a roommate in a house. That's not where I'm at in my life. I cannot live on $1,500 a month. My rent for my home is bigger than that currently. My mortgage has been bigger than that almost my whole life. So. Those, those are things that you have to take into consideration. Your comfort, your base is going to be different than somebody else's, but you need to define what is comfortable for you and however you define that is fine. And then be there. One of the other aspects of this is not having any bad debt or any debt that is not beneficial. And the way that I think about that is. Credit cards, car loans are the biggest things. Um, we have not had a car loan for almost a decade because we don't want to have a car loan. That is not having a good base. That doesn't mean that we will never get a car loan again, but we don't want to have that in our life. And it served us well. Our car is junky and we only have one car. And so those are choices that we make in order to be able to be successful. So you decide what a good base is for you. Now, where did this all come from? Well, I asked uh, a financial advisor where, where I should be when I should start doing more advanced adv investing. And he said, well, I don't know. I, I don't really have an answer. And I thought, you know, I don't like that very much because I want to know when I should move up to the next thing. And so uh, for me, I needed to have a, a good base before I was ready to start growing, uh, which is the next level. And so growing is different things that you do to grow your money. Investing right now, what I'm talking to you about on this podcast is investing in the stock market, doing uh, options, trading to make money as you're investing. Now, you can definitely buy some stock and hold on to it and just wait for dividends every three months or, or no dividends at all and just wait for that to grow. But I'm talking about doing something a little more active to actually grow your money on purpose. Now, as I mentioned, I'm growing my money, but I'm reinvesting all of that money back into the stock market. So while the stock market is going down, my overall value is going down as well because that's what happens in a down market. That being said, if I were to take out the money that I'm investing, then I would be taking out actual cash and putting it in my bank account, which you probably want to do yourself as well. And that's where I want to get, but right now I'm in the grow stage. So I'm reinvesting everything that I'm making and putting it back into other investments to get that get that money to grow faster because that's the stage that I'm at right now. And that's where I want to be. And for me, that is totally appropriate. And I'm totally fine with that. Now, once I have a nest egg, then I can start pulling that money out and using it for my day-to-day -day expenses, which is eventually the goal that those day-to-day -day expenses will allow me to not have to work, even though I know 
I'm always going to work because I can't imagine just going and playing golf all day. Some people can, and that's totally fine. Later in my life, I'm sure that I will feel that way, and I'm sure that I will enjoy that very much. But I want to make sure that when I'm ready for that, then I have a good nest egg to get me there. All right, next, we're going to talk about the next level, which is scaling. So we go base and then grow and then scale. And scaling is maximizing your returns through scaling your operations. And it talks about maximizing your returns, minimizing your risks, doing things like diversification or increased exposure to growing assets or sectors or whatever the case may be. Now, what does this really mean in plain terms? It means that you're going to start to do things at a larger scale. That may mean investing in bigger things. In If we're just talking about the stock market, you may go from investing in a stock that costs $10 to a stock that costs $100 to a stock that costs $300. That could be what scaling means to you. And that's fine. It could mean that you are being more aggressive, that you are diversifying more, that maybe instead of just investing in one stock, you're starting to look at four or five different stocks that you're investing in. It could mean things like you are uh, investing in um, different kinds of assets, like owning businesses or real estate or different things like that. And I want to here point out that scaling can be something that is done even while you're still growing. So for example, Transformative Principle and the B Podcast Network, those are not my full-time job right now. They are side hustles that I'm spending not very much time on, but they're still able to generate some income. That's me getting into more of a scaled operation than just a growth operation. And I think that's an important distinction and you have to kind of figure out where that is for yourself. But here's how I think about it. As you become more sophisticated in what you're doing, then you can move into the scale level. Now, what does sophisticated mean? Well, it means that you've done something for an amount of time and you start feeling confident in how you can scale that. Doing podcasting, I've done it for a decade now, a little bit more, and I know how to do that job. I know how to do that work and I know how to outsource it as well. So I'm scaling on the podcasting, but still very much in the growth stage in the real estate investing. Also, the scaling sometimes means that you're not going to get the payoff as quickly as you are in other areas. So in my growth stage in the stock market, I get new income every single week because I'm trading options every single week. But sometimes the podcasting stuff takes a little bit longer to see those dividends. For example, I'm not taking any advertising money for myself into my own account right now because I'm reinvesting that into the business and helping that grow. But I see the business ownership of B Podcast Network as a scaling opportunity because I'm taking what I was doing one podcast and I'm now doing 12 podcasts in the network as of right now. So that's just an idea. Now, this is not a perfect science. I don't have all of the answers on this, but I'm trying to help give you a framework of when you move on to the next thing and show that there's some, that it's a little bit complicated and that's okay. Finally, the last one is leverage and that's using assets to grow more assets. And 
what you're trying to do here is magnify your returns and also recognize that the risks in the, there are risks involved in using borrowed money. Now I am not to this point in anything yet, but I know other people who are, and I see what they're doing and I see, I see some really amazing things happen. Um, now growth, scale, and leverage all can happen intertwined with each other as well. When you're leveraging assets to gain more assets, here's a simple way to explain this. You have a house and it's all paid off. You take out a mortgage on your house and you use that money instead of for your house, you use it to go buy another house. So now you have rental income coming in from that house and you have uh, your own mortgage that you're paying out of your regular, however you make money. So now you have two houses. And so you take out a mortgage on the second house and you go use that to buy another house. Now this can get very bad very quickly if there's a crash in the stock market and then you can't afford to pay all of your bills and then you start losing houses. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about here with leverage. What I'm talking about is using enough of that money to make it worthwhile, but not putting yourself in a really bad situation. There are risks involved and you need to pay attention to that and know what you're doing. I want to talk briefly about the idea of an accredited investor, which is a specific thing that the government uses to say whether or not you can invest in certain opportunities. An accredited investor uh, means that you make at least $250,000 a year and you plan to make that much for the foreseeable future, or you have a net worth of a million dollars, not including your primary residence. Now I've seen different definitions of a credit investor, but that's the best one that the most consistent one that I can find. Some people say that you just, that you need to make 300,000, but I'm pretty sure it's 250,000. Now, what that means is that other financial investments are open to you that are not open to the general public. And so, for example, one of those is called a REIT or a real estate investment trust. Most REITs you are required to be an accredited investor in order to invest in those. Now, here's the crazy thing. Those one require a lot of capital, so a lot of money to start. And two, those also are typically in a much better shape. And there's a lot more due diligence to ensure that you're actually going to get the money back that you think you should get, um, which is interesting because something like the stock market, anybody can do that. And, and so it seems to me that an accredit, an accredited investor status means that you are open to better investment opportunities that may appear more risky because they're using more money, but at the same time, from everything I've heard seem much more uh, investor friendly in that you have guaranteed returns or minimum returns and things like that. So that's something that I'm still learning about. If any of you out there are accredited investors and are listening to this and want to set the record straight and tell me what I really need to understand about that, I'd love to have you on. To summarize, here we have the My Bonus Money Pyramid. Around the outside are the things you can invest in, stocks, commodities, real estate, business ownership, and the four levels of the pyramid are base, grow, scale, and leverage. Pretty simple. I want to help you get there. 
And at this point, I'd also like to invite anybody who is doing any of the stuff that we're talking about. If you want to share your story or if you want to get coached like Danielle did last time, I'd love to have you on and talk through some of those things with you. Again, I'm not here giving financial advice. I am here just trying to share what I've learned and what I think is possible and build a community doing that so that we can all get better together. My goal is to help as many educators as I can become financially independent because I believe that it's possible and I believe that we'll all make better decisions when we are financially independent. So if you would like to learn more about the options trading that I'm doing that I mentioned at the top of the show, go to mybonusmoney.com, sign up for the newsletter there. I give more details on what I'm doing each month, and I would love to connect with you there and hear what you're thinking. And all you have to do is just reply to one of those emails that you get. Thanks so much for listening to My Bonus Money, and please share this with a friend who is also trying to make their life better. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.